everybody. This is Just Sold with Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. My name is Brent Griffiths. He is Brent McIntosh. How you doing? I'm well. How are you today? Fine. Here we are. It's the month of July and, you know, the weather's been a little shaky in the Edmonton area, although it looks like summer's on the way starting next week. So everybody's feeling pretty good. What about you? How was, uh, how was last month? I got to ask, because there's been a lot of talk about what's going on with real estate and interest rates and all that kind of stuff. How's it looking? So it's really interesting. And we, we've talked about this in the last couple of months about the, the slowdown of the Edmonton real estate market where it feels, Oh my God, where everything has stopped and, and this is brutal. And, and, and what it is, is, is that it was so busy in February and March that anything slower than that feels very slow. And, and as far as the month of June goes, it was pretty good, not the best, but pretty good. It just seemed like uh, it wasn't that same sort of crazy pace that we had. And, and we're going to talk about, you know, here at the end of this podcast, we'll talk about other markets in Canada and, and, you know, that have been experiencing some crazy conditions for the last few years. Edmonton had uh, about 60 days of crazy conditions. And now we're back to what we've had in the past few years, which is steady Eddie. And although Edmonton is in a bit of a recession and all of Alberta has, has been recovering for the last seven years, um, it isn't too, too bad. And overall, the month of June, I would say, was a pretty good month. So this is the podcast where we always break down the numbers, Bryn. Okay. And, you know, so far in June, comparatively speaking, we sold a few less homes than we did last June. But that was the busiest June in the history of Junes for the Edmonton real estate market. So you, you can't just keep beating and having the best ever and the best ever and the best ever. Eventually, you're going to have the second best ever. So you tell so me that, last June was the juniest of Junes? The juniest, yes. Are we making up words here? We are. Let's do it. Let's start right now, today, here. That's right. And, and so I, I'm trying to yeah, come up with uh, what's the busiest June ever? Um, so last June for single family home sales, because that's always a good way to judge market is, is by how many homes are for sale and how many actually sold. Uh, there were 1,671 single family homes that sold last June. And this June there was 1,534. So, you know, 140 less, give or take. But comparatively speaking to the previous Junes where we sold 1301 in 2020 and 1174 in 2019 and 1161 in 2018, 1534 is a pretty good number. So it it just didn't feel as busy as last June and it didn't feel as busy as March. Again, things in March were nuts. And, and when you sell 1,900 single-family homes in one month, any month less than that seems not as busy. So, again, our market peaked in March this year, and every month since it's gone a little slower, a little slower. And, and that's highly unusual. It has never happened before. Typically, our peak is always that April, May, June uh, section of the year. And so what will happen now? Each month between now and the end of December, we'll get a little slower, a little slower, a little slower. So if you're a seller, you'll know that it becomes harder and harder to sell your house between now and the end of the year. If you're a buyer, you're going to have a few less homes 
to look at each month as those active listings get less and less. So we peak now for listings. July 1st is typically when we'll have the most listings. When we look at the condominium market, that's been the brutal market for years in Edmonton and still continues to be much more difficult. Uh, the percentage of condominium selling compared to single family houses is, is always less, but we sold 689 condos in June compared to 677 last year. So we actually wow. sold a few more. Okay. This June. So really great. Um, the difference is always going to be how many are for sale and we've had way more active listings. So, so there was 1183 new condos that hit the market in June. And I just said, we sold 689. So the new ones, uh, the new listings are outpacing the, the ones that are selling. So we're adding more and more to the market. And what's going to happen is that will continue to happen for the rest of the year. Right. And so condos will become more and more difficult to sell between now and December. And, and again, I'm going to repeat myself on, on, from some of the previous podcasts we've talked about. The biggest thing for condominiums is those rising condo fees and those looming special assessments that is, seems to be inevitable in the condo market. Um, the, the, the costs of owning and running a condominium become exponentially more than a house because of when things need replacing, you're not just replacing one roof, you're replacing many roofs or a gigantic roof. If, you're, if you've got concrete problems, you've got to, you know, exponentially more to, to replace and, and fix. So well, will that ever will that ever recover? Will they ever figure that out, or is that just the way it is? I think that's just going to be the way it is, and 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 I, I think what you're going to see here in the Edmonton area, Bryn, is is a lot less condominiums built in the coming years. There was a trend for a good twenty to thirty years here of building condos and condos because the developers can sell way more of them on a small piece of land than 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 a house but the demand is dropping off so much and, and millennials and the generations behind them are going to go straight to the houses. They're right. not buying condominiums and just, and the empty nesters, they're not selling their houses to buy condominiums. They're just staying in their houses because it's literally cheaper per month to own their house than it is to go to that condominium. So when you're buying a condominium and I've said this before, but this is what we like to talk to our buyers about is that you're buying a lifestyle. You're not buying a piece of property. You're buying from the paint in when you buy the condominium because the exterior of the building and, and the exterior of your townhouse or, or, or whatever the condominium might be is owned by the corporation. You own from the paint in, but you're buying that, that lifestyle, that ability not to have to worry about exterior maintenance, perhaps that ability to have safety in numbers that you could just lock the door and head to a Southern climate for six months and not have to worry about, are my pipes freezing? Right. Is there somebody looking after the property? So, so that's one of the things that attracts people to condominiums or first home buyers who perhaps don't want to have to worry about painting the fence or the deck or shoveling the walk or mowing the lawn. So they're buying a condominium so that they can just focus in on being young having fun and working and just having a place over their head. But more and more of these young people are going straight to houses. Interesting. Usually we talk about acreages and we certainly did through the pandemic. And I don't yes. know, is it kind of tailed off a little bit or flattened out? Yes, definitely a little less sales, 
and a little less listings compared to the past couple of years, but but relatively consistent. The the acreages aren't seeing the highs and lows that the condominiums are. Um, so so it's pretty much the exact same numbers um, for price for sales for listings as last year. For numbers, for again, most people want to know what's my what's the, what's the value of my house? What's the value of my condominium? So for June, the median sales price at the end of June was 456,100 for a single family house in uh, Edmonton. Compare that to May, the number was 455. Okay. So it went up by $1,100, $1,100. So ex- almost exactly the same as it was in May. Compared to a year ago, that number was 426. So your house is worth about $30,000 more than it was a year ago. For condominiums, the number is now 221. In May, it was 220. So it's up a thousand bucks. Compared to May, or excuse me, compared to June of last year, that number was 223. So we're only down $2,000 for condominiums from a year ago. Okay. Not too bad. No. Uh, Because we've been seeing that number plummet forever and ever, just getting lower and lower and lower in the Edmonton area. So it's staying pretty steady at, at that 220 mark for a long time now. We're halfway through this particular podcast. Uh, do you want to talk about all the other stuff in the back half of this? Because yeah, so, I know so. it's it's kind of, well, it's concerning to you, but it's also irritating to you, is it not? It is. You know, you see these headlines to sell newspapers, to get you to tune in at six, or just click bait to click on this link, talking about the real estate market being down 13% or down $100,000 because those are things that people will panic. Oh my God, my house is down $100,000. And what does that mean? Uh, really nothing. So we're seeing an adjustment in some of the high priced markets like Toronto. And you might pick a neighborhood of Toronto that might be down a um, hundred grand from earlier this year, but not down overall for the, for the last 365 days. And so, so we are hearing pockets of, of let's say, prop properties north of Toronto or, uh, or west of Toronto or east of Toronto, excuse me, that might, you know, have peaked at 1.15 and now they're having, they're seeing a median price of 1.05, things like that. And, and that's just because that those crazy bidding wars are starting to slow down yeah. as those markets are starting to see more inventory. So, I did some work this morning and I went and checked 20 different real estate markets from across the country to see if there were any markets that are down in the last year. Okay. 20 markets across the country and literally zero is my answer. I couldn't find one market in from the Yukon to Vancouver Island to Newfoundland. There isn't one market that I could find that is down from the past 365 days. Is there markets that are down in the last month or two compared to where they peaked? Of course, you can find that. And that's always going to be the case. Um, but but when you're looking at our prices compared to March, compared to now, even Edmonton is down quite a bit, right? Yeah. And, and so that's pretty normal. Um, the lowest, let's start with the lowest increase in the market. It's 2.1% and it's actually here in our province, Fort McMurray. 
Really? So they're, okay. they're only up 2% from last year. So their median sales price right now in Fort McMurray is 441717 and compared to a year ago when it was 432000 So that was the lowest increase that I could find. Edmonton, by the way, if we're looking at the percentage change, we're up about 9.2% from a year ago. Wow. Calgary. They're up um, about 15% from a year ago. So the median sales price in Calgary was 461.9 a year ago, and now it's at 430, excuse me, 532,000. So there's actually quite a gap. For years and years, that gap between Calgary and Edmonton was, you know, somewhere between 50 and 60,000 for a median house. It's now over $100,000 difference between Edmonton and Calgary for that, for an average home, for the median price of a home in, in those markets. So meaning that Edmonton is still ridiculously affordable. Even when we talk about median house prices being at, at that 450,000 mark, that is about a hundred thousand lower than Calgary and, and um, about a hundred thousand lower than the average in Canada. Can, we, can I just say this? This is what worries me when we do analytics or any kind of numbers to numbers. And I'm going to take it to radio, which I know. And then you tell me if it works for real estate. To me, in radio, if I was looking at radio ratings, I always measured the month of June this year to the month of June last year because the listing patterns would be similar. Right. But for me to compare this June to last May, this past May, there's a lot of differences that can, like, to say that the listing audience would be down 3%, it just never was fair to me. You had to, I always had to do a year to year comparable. And I know a lot of businesses that do that as well. So when you get, particular uh, newspaper or uh, you know television or radio outlets saying that let's say i saw a story that said calgary's real estate market was down seven percent from last month i don't see how you can compare one month to the other it's got to be year to year doesn't it agreed yes and you need uh, yeah because the market fluctuates so much month to month that yeah you have to take a bigger uh, sample size and, and yeah, it will depend on the reference. And, and, you know, my complaint about, I try to use the median or the benchmark price is, is another term you might hear. Um, you know, the media loves the average price. Yeah. And, and what drives me crazy about that is it's so inconsistent and, and you'll have highs and lows way more in an average because in one month, what if a couple of high priced homes sell, it throws off the average um, or, or the next month that, that not very many high priced homes sell. And, and then all of a sudden you think, oh my God, the average has spiraled out of control. The median is a more consistent number. And yes, when you're comparing numbers, you should use June to June, May to May, rather than comparing March to July. It's just not fair because of people's bat- buying patterns, especially in marketplaces like Edmonton, where we have extreme weather, and you'll find that more people will buy and sell in the spring and move in the summer than any other time versus a, maybe a marketplace like Victoria, which is more mild yeah. month to month. They'll have a more consistent buying and selling pattern than a market like Edmonton or Fort McMurray or Saskatoon or Winnipeg, where we have these huge highs and lows because who wants to move in the middle of January in Edmonton or Winnipeg? And, and so, so yes, you, you got to take it and, and compare June to June. I did it once. 
And I'll, I'll underline the word once. <laughs> and never again. Yeah. Never, ever again. You're, you're talking about all these different markets uh, that have had uh, increases or little drops. Everybody's always fascinated in what's going on in Vancouver and Toronto, because those are two markets that everybody watches really, really closely. Was there any kind of drop in there in their markets? Well, and again, that was the headline. Oh my God, prices have dropped a hundred thousand dollars in Toronto. But the reality is, is that Toronto's house prices are still up by twenty three point nine percent from wow. a year ago. Okay, that is gigantic. So we're talking about where the the median sales price was one just over one million. It was one point zero one eight five and is now 1.26 million for an average house in the Toronto area. Vancouver, the same as far as it's now at 1.26 as well. It's up from 1.1. So their increase is 14.7% in the past 365 days. Um, go Ooh. across to the island and uh, Victoria's prices are up 26.5%. They're up from 772 now to 876,000. Wow. So, so not affordable at all in these warm markets, uh, in Vancouver and Victoria, where people want to retire. And, and you're seeing a lot of influx in those marketplaces. I, I told you Calgary is now at 532, so they're up 15%. And again, you know, we'll use Edmonton as the benchmark because we're up 9%. And um, an average home, in, and that this includes condominiums, so average across the, the board is 410000 And as I said earlier here in this podcast, for a single-family house, it's actually four fifty six is okay. where it's sitting. All right. The, the number that I've, I've, these numbers, when I'm giving you these numbers, these include condos, these include, apart, uh, you know, townhouses, apartments, condos. Um, houses, everything. So, so again, um, when, if I pulled the single family house price for Vancouver, it would be way higher than that 1.26. Right. Regina, very affordable to buy a house in Regina, 328,000. They're up 4% from a year ago. Saskatoon, 375. They're up that same 4% from a year ago. Winnipeg, 369,000. They're actually up 11%. So, so they're doing, you know, if you're a homeowner in Winnipeg, it's doing really well. When we get to that Toronto area, again, that seems to be where the most people, they fly in from other countries and never leave. And stick. That, yeah. That GTA. And so that's what's really driving house prices there is that influx of people. Markets, uh, I, and you might not even know this, when I was a kid uh, before moving to Alberta, we lived in Burlington. I did so, not know so that. Yeah, uh, 45 minutes an hour outside of Toronto. And so even the average sale price in Burlington is up 18% in the last year. They're now 986000 in the Burlington-Hamilton area. So so just under a million dollars for an, about an, out, an hour outside of Toronto. And what they're saying, the experts, the so-called experts are saying that the burbs of Toronto will take the biggest hit. That, that if you are in those areas anywhere, you know, in the GTA, on the in the suburbs, they'll, they'll take the biggest hit because their prices seem to be the most inflated. Okay. Oakville. Yeah. The most expensive oh, yeah. place to live in Canada. And and so if you're not familiar with Oakville, it is just outside of Burlington on, on the Toronto side. This is where, right on the shores of Lake Ontario. This on the is Gardner this- Expressway, drive right through it all the time. Yeah, and this is where the CEOs of all the Canadian corporations live. And the median sales price for across the board in Oakville is up I'm, 19%. I'm getting ready. To one, 
1.44 million. Wow. Okay. Almost 1.5 million Oof. for just an average property in Oakville. Absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, Toronto, like I said, that, that was uh, up 23%. 20, almost 24%, but not the biggest increase percentage wise. Halifax is up 33% in the last year. I'm not surprised. They've gone from, they've gone from 411,000 to 547,000. I know three people in the last three months that have moved to Halifax. And why? Why is that? That's- they think that it's affordable. <laughs> and, and, but, you know, the, or what they, I guess what they look at is they look at, they're not afraid to spend the money if they're going to be a half a block from the ocean, right? They think I that guess. they're going to get a, they're going to get more for their buck, even though they're going to spend a fortune. But you know, the other thing, they do get winter there in Halifax, but it's a. Yeah. I'm told I've never gone to the Maritimes. I've always wanted to do it, but I also uh, don't have a fortune to spend to fly across this country uh, to do it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, that the number one reason why is they think that well, one, they can work remotely. And because they think yeah. that they can get a beautiful house almost at the same price as Edmonton or a Calgary that's right on the ocean. And they yes. might be right. They might be. But you know what's interesting is, is let's look at some of the other maritime provinces, um, New Brunswick, Newfoundland, and PEI. Way, way cheaper. Half the price than Halifax. So, so I would think that Halifax... Is huge prices will help drive markets like PEI, where the average price is three fifty. Newfoundland is three oh eight, and New Brunswick uh, two hundred and ninety four thousand for an average home in in New Brunswick. A very good friend of mine, uh, Darren Millard, who's the host of the uh, television broadcast for the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights, has a summer home right. on PEI. He says he wouldn't believe how inexpensive it was. And it's, he's got a beautiful location. It just says it's a wonderful place. But everybody's got to find their way, right? Exactly. Um, so I, I like to, you know, when I'm talking to some of my real estate agent friends across the country, I like to showcase just how affordable Edmonton really is. And, and other than those three maritime provinces in Saskatchewan and, and Manitoba, we are the cheapest. And, 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 you know, for a city of a million, it is still very affordable to buy a house in Edmonton. And, and you know, there's just not so many markets that you can do that anymore. Any parting shots before we say goodbye? No. If somebody's thinking about selling their property, then, then they should call us immediately. You want to do that sooner rather than later is now. Not just in Edmonton, but as we've said, a lot of these these climates across the country that do experience winters, uh, your prices are going to start falling in Edmonton. If you're a buyer, and we talked about this uh, last week or the week before on the podcast, then, you, you know, should I wait? Should I wait to buy a house in October? And the answer is no. Two reasons. One, you've got lots more to choose from right now. So you're going to find a better house to buy. And two, interest rates. We're going to see another increase in interest rates is what the federal government keeps threatening and and promising. And um, the house you might buy, you might pay a little bit more for it here in July than October. But ironically, it will be cheaper to own for the next five years as your those higher interest rates in the fall uh, will make that exp- that cheaper house that you're going to buy more expensive to own per month. Plus, you get what you want, and that's a big thing for 100%. a lot of people, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And and although our inventory isn't matching what it did in previous years, this is when you're going to see the most inventory. 
Again, for those who are thinking about it or just want to talk to a real estate agent, no cost, no obligation, no pressure from any, any of us on the team. You can reach us directly, 780-464-0075 or check us out on the web, macintoshgroup.ca. Thanks. We'll check in with you a few times during the summer. Enjoy and uh, thanks for this. And uh, on behalf of Brent McIntosh, I'm Brent Griffiths. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>